Hey, everybody. Welcome to Young Persons Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, the Sunday morning comedy program that kicks off the morning of talk shows that goes through all the live long day. I'm your host, Colby Smith. I'll be with you until the 11 o'clock hour, at which point we'll be followed by Two Thumbs Undecided, the movie review show that's sweeping the nation. Then at noon, the Brooklyn Conversation with Rosie, and then at 1 p.m., Objection to the Rule, Radio Free Brooklyn's answer to the Sunday morning political talk show circuit, so we have every possible base covered. Every interest you could have will be touched on at some point today on the Radio Free Brooklyn schedule. Now, as I said, I'm Colby Smith. This is Young Persons Radio. We have a very fun show planned for you today. This is the Victory Lap Show. This is the Victory Lap Show. We got some guests. We're going to take some calls. It's going to be a nice, fun time. And we're very glad that you could all join with us. Our number is 718-928-9732. That's 718-928-9732 if you'd like to call in at any point during the show, and I certainly suggest you do. This is Young Persons Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. We're glad you're here. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Young Persons Radio. I don't usually wake up this early. Okay. Caller, what is so important? <laughs> I guess it's a show where you talk to people who are hit by lightning. Hey, Colby. It's Tim Keck. What's up, bitch? This is Mary Coolahan. Colby, Colby, it's Jason Trackerberry with a very quick phone call. It's me, Gene Crackhead George. It's Martha. Yay. Yay. Can I tell you a pigeon story? He's raising baby pigeons in a pasta colander. Pigeon, is that you? There's enough evidence on here to lock her away for a long time. Oh, I guess this is a maniac show for birds. Stupid, it's childish, and I would never do that to you. Lower East Simon. What kind of art were you doing at the karate school? The art of the empty hands. I take care of feral cats. This is me to burn. It's in the house. Caller, it lift me out of this slump. Caller! I'm not a fan of the show. I've never heard of it before. Are you about to number one yet? I'm feeling real cool. Get me named a living landmark for New York. I gotta shoot on Rob Shapiro real quick. He's a hat. His fans are morons. I'm a big fan of your radio show, but off the air, you're, you're kind of a terrible person. You just sound like a bunch of dorks. I truly really can't tell if everyone's making fun of us. Is this what this feels this like is, every week? Yeah. Come in. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, it's Colby. You have a nasty habit of surviving. You know what they say about the fittest?
welcome to yet another installment. That's right. Another installment of Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Colby Smith. Very pleased to be with you. I want to welcome all of our uh, uh, listeners who are listening live and those of you who will hear this one day as a podcast, perhaps on Friday when it is released, perhaps in a thousand years when it is the subject of a psychological study, <laughs> a landmark psychological study that hopefully saves lives. Our number, 718-928-9732. That's 718-928-9732 if you'd like to call in at any point during the show. And I hope that you do, because I hear these people, and you've heard me talk about them before. There are these people, if you can call them people, rats, who listen to this show every week, all the live long day. They're quoting stuff back to me that they've heard me say. That's oh, so I can't believe you said this. It's like you're listening, you're not calling. You suck. I want to tell you right now. If you're listening to this thing, just bring it in. Bring it in nice and close. You listen to me, you son of a bitch. If you're listening to this thing this radio show, and you hear me begging on my hands and knees for you to call in and be a part of it, and you're not doing it, who, how can you call yourself a friend? How? How can you do it? I'm, I'm sitting on my hands and knees going like, I need something from you, friend. And you're like, you're withholding that from me. I'm like, nah, I'm good, actually. Don't need to give that thing to you that you're asking for. How dare you? So call the show, 718-928-9732. Unless you're that guy from last week who just <laughs> called it. Do you, did you hear that? Tim Keck is here. Hey, <laughs> Colby. <laughs> no, I did not hear that. <laughs> There's a guy who called the show last week, and he said, well, he didn't say anything. He said one word. It was hello, and then he just left the phone on as he like went to the bathroom, like we hear, heard the toilet flush and he like, I guess he didn't know he was on the air or something, but then he did know because he kept calling back and not saying anything and just letting the background noise of the phone fill the airwaves. And you just let this happen. Well, I kept, I wanted to give him a chance. I thought maybe he got, he was nervous. And I mean, it, it sounds like he. an artistic piece, if anything. Well, I mean, I understood he did it three times. And I said yeah. at the time, I was like, this is the guy who gets game. Yeah. He, he understands it. heightening. I mean, the third one, he should have had a twist of some kind. I would kind. call it a master class in heightening. Would you? You would use those terms? <laughs> I would use it, yeah. I read, wow. it, I read it somewhere. The regular old vulture over here. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Now, Tim. Yes, Colb. I want to say, if you want all 5,000 of your regular live listeners to call in at once, the station would explode. <laughs> and I think they know that, and I think they respect you enough. I think you have a very respectful audience. <clears throat> uh, you have like 10 incredibly disrespectful audience members. Yeah. And, you know, thousands of very, like, dedicated fans. You don't want the show to be ruined with, yeah. uh, you know, clogged phone lines. Well, so. I mean, I understand that. And that, if that's your thought process, then, you know, God bless you. Thank you for yeah. thinking of me. But so, it's uh, also just like, it's like, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, you're not interrupting what's going on when you call in. You're adding to it, you know. You don't, don't buy know. this. I mean, well, if I'm on, I don't know why we have any calls at all. 
<laughs> we don't need anyone getting in the way of my flow. Well, I'm not right? saying we need The last thing I need say. is somebody coming in with their dumb take. <laughs> like, oh, about how brave Kevin Durant is. Fuck you. Fuck him. I'm glad he's hurt. <laughs> By the way, the guest Wi-Fi is 100 Bogarts. <laughs> guest. Uh, please call in. Or yeah. swing by, use the Wi-Fi, and just uh, show up in the studio. Yeah, you don't need an email, uh, or you don't need a password. You can no. just put in your email. Just right above the call-in number. I feel like people should be using it more. <laughs> yeah. 718-928-9732 is that number. Yep, 100 Bogart guest. Now, Tim, maybe this is on my mind because it's so hot in the studio today. Oh, it's sweltering in here. But it's summer now. It is summer. It's not officially summer yet. We'll have that uh, honor on June 21st. Be the first day of summer uh, when we have the summer ceremony. <laughs> but it feels like summer out there. It's June, you yeah. know. There, p- p- kids are still in school, but not for much longer. You know, there's kind of a a winding down in the air, mm. a relaxing of tensions, if you will. Yeah, you are a child of summer. Yes, doesn't that just mean my parents had sex during the winter? <laughs> <laughs> If you want to take it in that direction, I was born sure. in May, so I mean, I guess just the child of spring. But you grew up in the endless summer of Florida. Yeah, we used Florida. to call it the endless summer. The endless summer. I believe yeah. it was a uh, 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 what was a surf dock. Wasn't it like endless summer, endless Saturday? Yeah, yeah, like endless summer. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's nice just being a place where the weather's nice all the time. Well, you know, it, people say about California. Yeah, it's like well, you know, it's it's hot, but it's a dry heat. And in Florida, yeah. it's very humid. What do you? How do you explain that? Well, I grew up on the beach, so the weather there is just nice all the time. <laughs> if you live near the beach, it's going to be cooler when it's hot out. It's going to be a little warmer when it's cold out. Mm-hmm. It's just it just ensures a temperate climate. Yeah. And yeah. if you look at the population growth of Florida, I mean, the coasts went first, and then people moved inland. And those inland monsters, like, what are they doing? They had to build like roller coasters and stuff to entertain themselves because <laughs> they were losing their minds. They're like, we need a Disney World or a Sea World or an insert Epcot World or whatever. <laughs> insert Epcot. Yeah, insert Epcot, which is what's somehow the, best, the lamest park. What's the best Disney park? I don't know. Growing up, I was a big Sea World head. That was my oh, favorite. Oh, okay. That's not time. even a Disneyland park. No, now Disney I'd probably World say it's park. like Islands of Adventures or something like that's that, right? Not, that's not one either. You got like roller coasters. Yeah, I mean, I guess Disney's not good. I guess that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Like you, it's a good place for kids, but as as uh, someone my age, uh, I wanted a roller coaster. You go to Islands of Adventure; that's a fun time. That's got Harry Potter World. Yeah, that's what everybody's going to. And as a kid, I was like, you know, I wasn't wrapping my brain around like the torture these animals were going through. I was just excited to see them. Have you been to Harry Potter World? I've never been to Harry Potter World. Actually. Me neither. I uh, moved to New York, but like right after it was yeah. it became a thing. Man, when it was opening. I, friends would uh, of mine, I would just they would travel from far and yes. wide yeah. to go. So that whole first year it was open, I knew people who were just like, "Yeah, we drove six days to <laughs> go to Harry Potter World, and it's everything I imagined." Man, just like I really miss the boat on Harry Potter. Like it just it makes people so happy. And there, like, there's this whole. Let's just get into this for a second. There's this whole thing on Twitter, this movement, if you will, that every time someone tweets uh, like a Harry Potter joke or like something about Harry Potter, uh, a, a man, it's always a man, will re- reply, uh, read another book. And it's like, this thing makes people happy. We got to do everything we can in this life to get just a little joy when it can. And I'm not saying like at the expense of the rest of your life, 
I'm just saying, you got people. How, how do you know that this is the only book they've read? This is the thing they like. It's the best one. <laughs> it's I mean, the best book. There's a reason, Not even that. There's a reason more people have read it than the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Harry, but the Gospel of Harry. Yeah. The Gospel of gospel of jk and i'm sure i mean it's all all this stuff is just the christ story over and over again you've got him you've got the chosen one sure the chosen know, one story is a trope the savior the it's savior fantasy trope. the chosen one yeah. pre the preordained savior mm-hmm. this baby was born before he even knew it he was destined to be the one who saves yeah i mean the it's combination, all, all fantasy is like that the combination of stuff in harry potter is just it's just it, they touch on enough stuff it's really just like a high school story yeah it's like a coming of age story. Totally. But then the like the fantasy elements are like very weak. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I love fantasy books and stuff like that. Yeah. And normally they're a lot deeper and there's a lot more rules. Uh-huh. It really seems like anyone in Harry Potter, like when they're told like they can't do something with magic, you're like, wait, why not? <laughs> You've been doing just for the convenience of the Yeah. Story. You made a car fly. Why can't you teleport within Hogwarts? <laughs> like this makes no sense. Just take the flying car somewhere. <laughs> It's like, like, oh, it's illegal to have bottomless pockets. It's like, why? Why is that the problem? We've seen bottomless pockets everywhere. I don't understand this. Yeah. Long arms, deep, or short, yeah. short arms, deep pockets is the expression that comes to mind. Yeah, definitely. When you're cheap. It's, uh, when you're cheap. I mean, Harry's rolling in dough. That's a fun debate. I'm like, we're like, Harry, at no point is Harry like, yo, Weasley's, you've been kind of taking care of me forever. I have more gold than I'll ever need. Why don't you take a little scratch from me? And he just, he just pokes his head in and watches Mrs. Weasley, like pick up a couple dust bunnies, the last, the last coins in her vault. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh boy. 718-928-9732. If you want to call in and talk about Harry Potter, I tell you what, I'm not going to shame you. 100 Bogart guest. I, uh, (laughs) I'll, you know what, while we're waiting on Harry Potter, let me be the first to compliment you on an incredible solo show last night. Oh, Tim, you're sweet to say that. Colby Smith's sleeping giant, packed out friends and lovers. Mm-hmm. It was a great crowd, a great time. I got to host. I Tim crushed. He crushed. Uh, uh, Juliet Prather, Sam Taggart, oh. and then the man himself, Colby Smith. Half an hour of stand up, half an hour of musical comedy because it's just that easy. It is. Uh, I mean, that and, is the uh, thing I wanted to crushed. say with it is that it is easy, and people who do it are not working hard enough. Yes. So uh, none of that's out there. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, uh, Tim. It was great. It's a great it. show. You worked hard on it. You should be appreciated for it. Thank you. I think everyone had a good time. We closed the show out by singing uh, Margaritaville. Which Speaking was, of uh, summer, yeah, that's the endless. The song of the endless summer <laughs> is is Margaritaville. <laughs> is Margaritaville the best Jimmy Buffett song? I know it's his most popular. I mean, uh, we really were rocking out the Cheeseburger in Paradise for a long time. That's true. That, I think Margaritaville is the known one. That, but. in a way. Because Cheeseburger in Paradise is the dumbest song ever made. Yes. Like, by far. Which, in a way, might make it his best. <laughs> yeah. His best song. Because it is... I mean, it's like a musical comedy song. It's just, like, about this one dumb thing. He's going to talk about how great a cheeseburger is for four minutes. There's going to be a guitar solo. And people are losing their minds to this song. I like mine with lettuce oh, there's and a tomato. Audience clap along. See, this is what I'm talking about. It's Jimmy fun. Buffett is a man who understands what we were just talking about, about Harry Potter. Yeah. It's like, you got to find something you like in this life, and you got to remember that you like it and savor that feeling. Keep chasing that dragon, baby. And if it's a perfect cheeseburger, 
then God love you. You found it. You found a thing that makes you happy. I'd like to see all the songs he had on the cutting room floor. Like, what else do people like? Hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got some ballad about hot, hot dogs. Hot dog in heaven. <laughs> if I hot dog in heaven. <laughs> Just the saddest song of all time. That's, uh, Eric Clapton's son is eating a hot dog in that song. It's like singing about, you know that, well, you know you that know right? know my name <laughs> if I eat you in heaven. <laughs> What's uh what's a sadder song? Hot dog in heaven or uh, nothing compares to you? <laughs> and nothing compares to you is about the beef patty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing compares. It's like a vegan thing. It's like someone's like, I tried these vegetarian options, but nothing compares to beef. <laughs> and again, so there's two golden ideas. Two we just wow. off the dome. And I distinctly remember that from like an MTV style. Where they're like, I love the 90s, and it was definitely the debate of, the debate of which song is sadder. Of those two songs? Yeah, because the video for uh, Sinead O'Connor's song is just a close-up on her face. Yeah. She, like, had her hair all off, and she's just crying the whole time singing this thing. Didn't, isn't, that a, isn't that a Prince song? Nothing Compares to You? Didn't he write that? Maybe. Yeah, Nothing Compares stuff. to You is a song written and composed by Prince for The Family, and the song was featured in their eponymous album, The Family. It was later made famous by Irish recording artist Sinead O'Connor. See? Prince. The guy's yeah, did a lot of stuff. He really, he really, he wrote, he wrote Manic is, Monday also. Did he really? Yeah, he Still wrote it because he was Manic trying to sleep with Monday. the lady from the Bangles. And Dude. it worked. Did it? Yeah. I'm surprised he had to write her a song. <laughs> he couldn't just be Prince. Well, you know, it gets them collaborating yeah. and, uh, you know, spend time together. One yeah. leads to another. Prince. Pr- Prince is one of these dudes who I just feel like is uh, obviously an incredibly sexual guy. Yeah. But I can't put my finger on like, uh, you know. Why? What he? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't really know why. I know. I, the, I know women love him. Yeah. Uh, but I'm always kind of like, why? Sure. You can't. Like he can't change a tire. <laughs> if your car breaks down, you're calling well, AAA. <clears throat> there you go. You know, it's uh, it's uh, uh people. He's, there's a thing for everybody. Is he gonna carry your groceries inside? No, but they want to carry their his groceries. Is he gonna play catch with his? <laughs> it takes a special. It takes a special guy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I feel like I, I need a girl who wants a man to carry her groceries, not uh, a man who's going to pay someone yeah, to carry grease, their groceries. A grease monkey. Yeah. You want to, you want to, I want uh, to be a dirty old grease you monkey. Want, you want it to be like this, like, high, high fashion ladies, just like, oh, is my car ready? And then you, like, wheel out from underneath <laughs> it on one of those, like, little wheelie trays. And you're just like, what was that, ma'am? And she's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I just want to always be wiping my hands with the same dirty ass rag my grandfather used. <laughs> constantly, constantly wiping your hand with a rag is so funny. Just, just wiping, it's just like you're so sweaty. You wipe your face. You got grease on your face now, and she's just getting more and more into it. <laughs> Lord. Then she goes inside to pay. She's like, "Who is that man?" Hmm. I was like, "It's Tim Keck." <laughs> That's Tim. That's Tim Keck from the radio. That's Tim motherfucking Keck. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? It's a question I get every goddamn day. She's oh. like, I better watch myself around this man. And then she's like breaking her car just to take it back to you. You know, it's like, I don't know what's wrong with it. And you're just like, ma'am, the tires have been slashed. <laughs> Can you fix it? The headlight was smashed violently. <laughs> Can you fix it, Tim? I mean, yeah, I can fix it. I'm not Prince. I can I can fix this for you. Oh, oh, good lord! I like the idea of attacking great men for their one deficiency. 
like Prince. Yeah. But he, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him throw a football. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. You say, it, you say it about people. I think it's so funny. <laughs> like I would pay, <laughs> and I'm not rich, so I guess not a lot. I would pay $100 to watch Prince throw a football. <laughs> I think it'd be great if Prince made like a sports movie. Where he was like the hero. He played the, the star quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just, and it's just like a normal sports movie. He's like he's like a minor character in it. <laughs> where it's like Rudy. But oh, like man. Prince is like the, the star. <laughs> I was thinking like uh, The Replacements is one of my favorite like, like football Bands? sports movies. You ever oh, seen okay. it? No. Oh, man. It's great. They're basically, all the NFL players boycott. Yeah. They go on strike. And so then the team, uh, the league tries to keep the team going. And they do this by finding replacement players who are uh-huh. all like washed up and burnt out. And yeah. the quarterback they find is Keanu Reeves, who's going to take over oh, and step yeah. in. And he, I guess, uh, was was shamed in college for supposedly uh, taking money to throw a game. Mm-hmm. And so he was great. And then that kind of tainted his legacy. He didn't do well, wow. like the NFL or whatever. So they bring him in. And then they just have like all these fun. John Favreau is just like some D end. Like and like they have an amazing cat. It'd just oh, be yeah. so funny if, if Prince is just playing wide receiver on that team. And everyone's just like, "What the fuck? The fucking Prince is here." Did he ever do that? Did he ever do that uh, Nelly style cameo in a sports movie? Man, I really hope he did. Did you ever see? Uh, man, what's that movie where it's like the guards where Nelly's in it? Longest Yard. Longest yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I remember seeing that as a kid and just being like all these slow-mo scenes with Nelly running are like the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, man, I got to listen to this guy's rap album. I was like, yeah. look at the way he's running. He's so is, cool. Is that the one with the rock? No, the rock's it's the one with Adam one. Sandler. It's the one with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Okay. It's the one with That's stone a, cold it's a remake of the Burt Reynolds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which I've never seen. Yeah. But have you seen, uh, um, uh, what is that movie called now? I like or this Cannonball segment. Run. Have you seen Cannonball Run? I've not seen Cannonball Run. It's great. We should watch it. Have you seen? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Have You Seen? Have you seen Shanghai Noon? You know what? I what people tell you they haven't seen a movie. Yeah. Like if I say, "Oh, I've never seen that movie." The worst move you can make in that, if you're the other person who has seen the movie, is to then just describe the movie to me. Like I just did to you. No, no. I mean, I mean, like. <laughs> With the replacements? We're talking about it. It had something to do with what we were talking about. Yeah. But if someone's just like, uh, yeah, did you see uh, uh, did you see Godzilla yet? And I'm just like, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's great. Ken Watanabe's in it. He does this. Just like goes on. It's like, I'm going to see it. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah, there's that slope, though, of like, if I know I'm not going to see it, I'm like, sure, I'll let my friend oh, get, yeah, this, but you get check this take in. out. You check in. You got to do a little, you got to do like, yeah. a, are you going to see it? I always ask, him, are you going to see it? People are animals. Yeah. But that's a animals. lot of pressure to put on somebody. Am I going to see it? I don't know. Maybe someday. Yeah. I'd like to. Money doesn't yeah. grow on trees. All I have to do is like avoid. <laughs> All I have to do is avoid Instagram for like five minutes after <laughs> Godzilla opens and I can watch it spoiler free 20 years from now. You know, like I want to see Dark Phoenix and I was like, man, this thing's going to be spoiler ridden. And it's like, haven't heard a goddamn word about it. nobody's talking about Dark Phoenix. Because it's clearly one of the worst movies of all time, and I cannot wait to see I it. I think I would be more interested in the new Godzilla if it was like if it was just dubbed over English from the Japanese. Like the characters are moving their mouths, like speaking Japanese, but it's yeah, they're being dubbed over. There is an amazing uh, one from the '90s that they made. This is uh, one of the Mothra ones from the '90s, where Godzilla fights Mothra. I assumed, and uh, they like find Godzilla on radar. 
you know, in this big complex where the military's like tracking his every move. And the last line of the scene is one of like the higher up generals. The translation is what a day Godzilla on the loose again. <laughs> <laughs> what a day. Oh, man. Like he's talking to his wife about like missing a promotion. Like, Why didn't you make it to our daughter's recital? <laughs> Honey, yeah. you would not believe it if I told you. <laughs> I had a day. You know that Godzilla's gi- on the again. You know that giant lizard that terrorized Tokyo for months? Yeah, he's back. He's back. I, like, I love the idea of that, of that happening. It's like Godzilla's here. He's like, God damn it, I'm going to miss the recital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like faced with. I, I really don't have time for it. this. Like Godzilla starts like getting out of the water and like yeah. like mowing down a uh, a skyline, and this guy's like, "Hey, can you guys you guys can handle this, right? It's cool if I go. It's just it's after five, and I gotta be somewhere." Yeah, that's why I don't love the uh, like the new Godzilla movies because it seems like they need this human element. Yeah, and I would be happy to just watch some CGI fight for like half an hour. Oh, I'm just like, same. take whatever like budget you have, put it all towards the most intense CGI. And do it, even if it's not a full half hour or, like, you get 40. Just do the best you can for as long as you can. <laughs> yeah. Don't have any actors. <laughs> Actually, just pay Brian Cranston to be like, what the fuck? Like, in the background <laughs> of it. Uh, yeah. Is it, you want to hear my impression of uh, Brian Cranston acting? Uh, I mean, fine. All right, we won't do it. No, I'd love to hear it. Now. <laughs> this is it. This is Brian Cranston acting. No, 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 no. Just, now, just, now, just, now, just. That's the impression. Uh, I haven't really seen a lot of them. Guy's got one tool in his toolbox is what I'm trying to say, folks. Well, the greatest television actor of all time oh, is one stop. tool in his toolbox. Greatest box. television actor of all time. Dude. Give me a break. You if you put him in Prince in the Woods, who's lasting longer? <laughs> Ryan Cranston. Well, I feel like Prince would like do that thing where he like disappears and appears somewhere else. If he was in the woods, like you would turn, you would turn to look at Prince and he would be like on the other side of you all of a sudden. <laughs> Just like continuing the conversation. It's like we dropped him in the middle of the desert. He was trapped in a, he was locked in a safe. The greatest escape artist of all time. And then he just woke up in LA. Just appeared there. Woke up in LA. <laughs> Incredible. 718-928-9732 is our Bogart number. Guest. That's right. 718-928-9732. Is it Bogart or Bogart? It's Bogart. Like a the actor. Bogart's like Harry Potter. Like the actor. Yeah. Humphrey. Oh, Humphrey Boggart. Did people call him Humphrey? They called him Hump. Hump? Hump. Humpty Dump. It's like I'm about to start a scene. Where's Hump? Where's Hump? Hump's in his trailer. Get Hump over here. Hump. Boy. Yeah. Anyway, Tim. Yeah. We would be remiss. Colby. Sweet, sweet Colby. Oh, people called him Bogey. Sure. Bogey. Bogey. That's a good one. Speaking of Bogey, uh, I was in Mexico last weekend. Yeah. You know what they do? This is gross. Okay. You know what they do with toilet paper in Mexico? <clears throat> they just put it in a trash can. I don't like that. They because the the water pressure there isn't enough to like put it down the thing. Mm-hmm. So you do your business, then you put it in a trash can right next to the toilet. And uh, I was just shocked. I didn't know this before. I'm surprised people aren't talking about it like all the time. Uh, that is upsetting to me. I just wanted people to know. Well, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like people should know. If you're going to go to Mexico, know. Uh, just know this is going to be a problem. Also, my buddy, my buddy texted me today or whatever. It was like, uh, oh, yeah, the day after we left, the cartel took out like eight cops oh in Cancun. God. 
And I was like, what are you talking about? Send me the story. I tried to Google it myself, and there's literally too many stories about the cartel attacking oh. cops for me to find the one he's talking about. Oh I was like, God. oh, yeah, but I just had a very nice vacation there. It was very sweet. Didn't feel threatened at all. Uh, but maybe that's my ignorance. Well, I mean, you know, part of it is like you don't know what to look for, you know. Like you didn't know, but that was even impossible really until after. I didn't really think about it. Well, no. yeah, yeah. So it yeah. wasn't on your mind. You bliss, a blissful ignorance. Blissful ignorance. And no, that's what a vacation is about. Ugh. God, I wish vacation could last forever. You know? I know. You can't put your head in the sand without sand. Am I right? <laughs> Need a sweet trip to the beach to bury my neck. Need a permanent vacation. Oh, man. Sweet death. <laughs> I just die on the air. That'd be great. Referring to death as a permanent vacation. <laughs> yeah. What you one-way ticket to a permanent vacation. <laughs> Good night, Prince. The Big Bam. Sleep. The, the Big, big sleep. sleep. Speaking of Bogey. Bogey. One of his movies. He was born in 1899. Whoa. Isn't that cool? Yeah, you know, we still had Cowboys in 1899, which I find shocking. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean, sort of? I mean, we, we, we did. Red Dead took place in, like, 1999. Red Dead Redemption. 1999? I mean, 1899. <laughs> you know, somebody's got Prince on the brain, you know? I do. <laughs> they were all wore raspberry berets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's my latest, not my latest obsession, but I definitely went through a phase where I was like, Cowboys happened so recently. Oh, yeah. My God. This is 150 years ago, if that. You're like great, great, maybe great grandparents were Cowboys. Mm -hmm. There's no way about it. Yeah. And then cowboys existed the same time Hollywood did. That's crazy. Like, you would literally be a cowboy in the lawless West, and you'd ride onto a movie set, pick up Humpy Bo to go, like, <laughs> go drink some beans by a campfire. Humpy Bo. That's Those some were the days. shit. Humpy Bo. Humpy Bo. So there was Humpy Bo. Great name for an improv team. God, he's the worst. Uh, Pete Holmes. Man, we'll talk about this for uh, 30 seconds and then move on. All right. Pete Holmes just wrote a thing about how we need to forgive Lou, uh, Louis C.K. Of course he did, because his scandal's coming next. <laughs> He's trying to grease the wheels to forgiveness of uh, evil people doing evil things. Like Hitler, you know, he loved Germany. That's what people don't talk about enough about him. Anyway, I don't want to go to that. <laughs> too much down that road. Yeah. But, yes, cowboys... <laughs> Cowboys not that long ago. Um, but yeah, so there is this whole, uh, so uh, David Milch, who created Deadwood, talks about this. Whoa. Where um, so many of those early Westerns in like the 30s and 40s were um, just like very overt attempts by the people who uh, were like running the Hollywood studios at the time to make a very sanitized uh, version of like the American myth. You know, yeah, like they uh, um, they knew they had struck gold in this, like they were getting so rich from this. They wanted to avoid any like uh, uh, watchful eyes. So they like very purposefully made these Westerns that like glorified the cowboy and like made him into this like American hero uh, and just like manifest destiny and all of that stuff specifically yeah. to like placate people who were trying to regulate Hollywood and uh, people who were trying to like come in and, and uh, you know. Get get onto their their grift, yeah, you know, which is so interesting. Like so much of this stuff is just driven by pure business interest, and as a result, you know, culturally, we're we're I don't want to say paying the price, but it resonates, you know, a hundred years later. I mean, it's like The Godfather or something, right? Yeah. Like, weren't those all they were uh, projecting an image that was later imitated by gangsters, right? Like, yeah, 
I mean, I'm sure that's not the exact same thing, but uh, I'm sure being a cowboy was like yeah. a much more uh, gruesome or loosey goosey thing. You know, one thing I was reading because I was researching Florida for this roast or whatever, but like a third of all cowboys were black. Mm-hmm. There was like a much more di- there was a very diverse group of people like everyone right. in the country was doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And according to like our movies and stuff, it's like very whitewashed. It's right. very just like vanilla and it's the same kind of guy is mm-hmm. doing this whereas this was like a way of life for people yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's, it's 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 it was all like so intentionally manufactured yeah it's not like it happened by accident it's not like people had these ideas for these like cool stories they were just like we're gonna make a western it's gonna be about an Amer- a white american cowboy yeah <laughs> like Ugh, it's a little exhausting it is exhausting but the gangster thing is interesting too because uh and i really i don't think it's like like a thing I can ever really understand just because it's so outside of our experience now. But like people Speak like people like Al Capone. Well, fair enough. People like Al Capone and like Dillinger and all that were yeah. like folk heroes in the way that cowboys were like 50 years before that. Yeah. Like, the you know, the gunslingers of the West who were just like, you know, outlaws literally who like killed people and robbed banks and stuff. They were like kind of like childhood heroes. In the way that the, like the public enemy was, yeah, they were you know? serial killers. Yeah, uh, not serial killers. They were uh, what? Do I, what? I don't forget what word. I just said serial killers. So yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. And it was hey, uh, I don't know what I'm thinking about. But they were uh, they were like uh, heroes. They were like yeah. childhood. Like Billy the Kid was like uh, somehow like nowadays is like a myth a lot like a, right. a figure. He's Jesse like a, James. a member of our folklore. But yeah. these were people who murdered people and stole money. <laughs> yes. Right, but it was just exciting. And then people started writing books about them and like fictionalizing their deeds. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know how much of I don't remember how much of that I remember reading about this, but I don't remember how much of that was like directly uh, like Billy the Kid's doing. I don't know if Billy the Kid made a lot of money about well, this, but I think a lot of it was no. revisionist history mm-hmm. of like this is a crazy story. We need American legends. At, at a certain point, I think in our country, we were like we need stories. Yeah, we're a young nation. We don't have <laughs> any good stories, and we need like a John Henry. We need like a, I don't even know. I don't know. We don't have the equivalent of any of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, England had like Alan Quartermain forever. And sure, like, uh, yeah. Um, to a lesser, I guess, a more reasoning extent, like James Bond. Yeah, but like there were, I mean, all like the classics, right? Like uh, <laughs> uh, Jekyll and Hyde, Dracula. I mean, these are uh-huh. all like old world stories. <laughs> yeah, and America doesn't have any of those. That's or hasn't so interesting. Had any of those. That's so interesting that you bring that. There's probably a great book to be written about the differences between American myths about itself and British myths about itself. Yeah, because they're both in a way about like exploration, you know, because like Alan Quartermain is this like, you know, he's an explorer. Right. Sort of. Um, but I feel like America is all about the frontier, you know. Yeah. It's like into into unexplored land. Right. It's more of an exploration and all of that. I guess Britain has more of like a sailing culture because they're an island nation. There's like more and like the British Navy is this like, you know, vaunted idea. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that <clears throat> comes into play at all. But it's all about like empire. Both of them are <clears throat> about uh, uh, about empire on some level, right? I mean, I'm sure they mirror each other a lot, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I read some Alan Quartermain. You remember uh, 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 what is it? Uh, with oh god, what was that? Um, god damn it! League of like, Extraordinary League Gentlemen. of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. That's what yeah. I was thinking about. I actually went out of my way and like read all the books that the characters were based on. Yeah. Some of them are not fun reads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they're all uh, uh, super interesting. And Alan Quarterman was just his adventurer. He was like always an old man. And he mm-hmm. was like discovering like Aztec ruins and stuff like this and was just like this crazy adventurer. But they always had that spirit. But he was also kind of like a hoity-toity douche about it. 
In what way? I don't know. It just seemed like, you know, it felt like uh, there was like this imperialistic undertone, it felt like. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. or at least that's the mindset that some British dude is writing this from is like he is among savages. Yes. And he somehow is able to like enter this world and like escape from it. Whereas yeah. like, I feel like American uh, literature has a lot of that too. Oh, but yes. I'd like to think there'd be a little <clears throat> bit more ownership. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, like Indiana Jones or somebody can like, uh, like, uh, gets along with the indigenous people. Uh-huh. I wonder if that's a unique idea. I bet that's not an American idea. I don't know. I, I, what's interesting to me about that is like so much of like 19th century British. I mean, that's like when the empire was at like its height. That's when they like controlled India and like all this, all these nations yeah. in Africa and all this stuff in uh, Hong Kong um, is like all of it is, is, is exactly how you're describing. It's like the civilized man among uh, uh, among savages. You know? Right, but then Heart of Darkness comes along in 1899 to call back to the year Bogey was born. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's in, that's the story about like you know Colonel Kurtz is like in the it's like been. Uh, I remember I read this book, <clears throat> and it's like captured, quote unquote, by like yeah. this like African tribe, and like the narrator has to like go in and find him, and then he has like become one of them, you know. And it's like that's part of why that book is so powerful is that it undoes that that uh, British imperial myth where it's just like deep down we're all the same. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're at the heart of darkness. Mm. It's like it's a veneer. The veneer of civilization uh, crumbles. Yeah. You know? uh, it's a great book. I was real into anthropology like in college or like had like an anthropology minor. Yeah. And all this stuff. Uh, and I just remember being like the, like the classic argument of like, you know, we think we're so much better than these people, but like they work like maybe a 20 hour work week. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just them like building their shelter. It's like all the stuff that we have to do outside of work, you know, like buy food and yeah, like hunt. And then you build your shit. And the rest of the time you're just socializing. You're like being part of a community. You're like right. in an environment that you live off of and like reciprocate like mm-hmm. that love. In back harmony to. with nature. Yeah. Right. So it's like, why are, is having a laptop <laughs> better than that? Why is <laughs> why is needing three cables to charge your phone better than that? I feel like people are going to be work their whole lives just so like, man, I would just love to like get a get a beach house, you know, be alone, commune yeah. with nature. And it's like, yeah, there's people who like live their whole lives like that <laughs> and they're savages. It's like, what are we right. doing? Yeah, they're the savage ones. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. the monsters. They're yeah. ignorant. They don't understand all of this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they don't get it. Just well, yeah. they haven't watched Seinfeld yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. They don't have Hulu Plus. I know. Right. Well, it is like I, I think at a certain point in industrialized <laughs> nations. Yeah work becomes something other than survival, you know? Yes. Like the job that you're doing, you know, because like in the early days of industry, businesses are cropping up that meet needs of the society. You know, mm-hmm. you need clothing. <clears throat> Here's my business where we, uh, we, we make, you know, we make clothes, we make shirts and pants. You, you, you know, you need a, uh, 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 stuff to fix your shelter. Here's a hardware store, you know? You need a place to go and hang out with your friends. Here's the uh, saloon. You know, we're going right. back to back the one to saloon, the cowboy. Back to Deadwood. Uh, <clears throat> but at a certain point, it it you know it once there's a, a a firm enough foundation of all that stuff, then all this extra stuff you don't need starts cropping up, and it's that that's why we have marketing, right? Or the world gets bigger, right? Yeah. Like it used to be, there's the one hardware store, yeah. and it's down the street, and yeah. the person who makes my clothes is in town. And you're actually exchanging a, a shirt for a hammer. 
Yeah. Right. And now it's like, wow, this hardware store is so big. Mm-hmm. It can service the towns around it. And all of a sudden there's like a need for jobs that are not, you're not directly seeing the result of right. your work for. Right. Right. Like you used to farm crops that then you ate or you hand to somebody who was <laughs> going to eat. And now it's like, there's somebody in God knows where yeah. collecting corn that is going to go to who knows what. Yes. And just, they're never going to see the end of that. Yeah. Somebody uh, uh, was talking, some interview I was listening to about how, uh, talking about like the rise of like nationalism again. Yeah. And then we're like, uh, like it was a hundred years ago in World War One, and now it's like back in Europe and here and elsewhere. It's definitely, it's here. And it's every time you, if you like look through history and again, this is, this is, I, I can't really back this up, but <laughs> right. this is what someone uh, smart said, uh, is that every time you see a new like a new breakthrough in communication is when this kind of tribalism comes back because our brains can't handle the thought of the world being as big as it now seems to us. So like the printing press in the 1800s unsettled things. And then, you know, you had like in the World War One, it was like, you know, the circulation of like all these global newspapers and all like the uh, um, um, Alexander Graham Bell and all that stuff was happening at the same time. So it's bringing people together in a way that then, uh, uh, tears them apart again, right? Uh, and it's the tearing apart that has to happen in order for the the, for the coming back together, yeah. Uh, which is where we were for the second half of the 20th century, and now we're back. Now we've got now the one today that everyone's reacting to is you know is the internet. You know we have a generation that's gone by where <clears throat> uh, we have like developed all these new tools for communicating, you know, to all far corners of the world, and we just we can't handle it, so we retreat back into the things that are most familiar to us which unfortunately is uh people with the same skin color people in the same religion uh you know right all that stuff and that's uh i mean we were talking about like talking down about like the tribal savages yeah when it's like i think everybody is just looking for their tribe right the whole time you're looking for that absolutely close-knit community yeah and the internet has made the world so much larger so now your tribe can be people on the other side of the globe, mm-hmm. but they're still going to need something that connects you. You yeah. know, it could be the people in your paddleboarding club that uh, you've connected <laughs> over your love of standing up in water. Uh, or it could be you're connecting over your... Uh, what an insane example. <laughs> you know, just something all people always do together, like paddleboarding. Yeah. I mean, like, people join clubs to make friends, so you know? Funny. If I were moved, no, I'd course. be joining every club. Of course. You just need a thing. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, your racist feelings towards other groups of people. <laughs> well, that's what that it's become. You, which is also the problem. That's what it's become. I mean, and that's uh, the dark side of all of these, uh, right. all these, all these technological breakthroughs. Yeah. Is and, that, you know, but it just goes back to that thing of just, like, human nature is the same no matter what, right. what quote-unquote, evolution uh, we have made. Is that there are always going to be these dark parts of it. It's like sports. It's like being a, a, a Mets fan is not an inherently evil thing, right? You just have other people. You're supporting these people. You've right. got your team. You've got your squad. You all live in like kind of the same place. There's some Mets fans on the other side of the country, but you can all be like, hey, Mets, you got something to talk about, yeah. something that unites you. But the part where you're just like, oh, uh, somebody threw out their shoulder and you're like, yo, fuck that other guy. He's not on the Mets. <laughs> like, that's the like societal problem, right? Totally. Of, like. Like, it's cool that you're in, like, the paddleboarding club or, like, whatever club you're in. But, like, once you start attacking other clubs yeah. to protect your territory in the water uh, and your aquatic lifestyle, like, that's yeah. when we, things get out of control, which is, like, we don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, once it becomes, well, you can't join paddleboarding because you're gay. <laughs>
that's when it starts to be a problem. Right. Even though I'm sure there's some people who just love paddleboarding more than like, right. Like, I don't want to be in gay club. We don't do anything. That's not like a personality trait. Right. It's, right. Like, it's like, I'm not going to join like the blue eyed club. <laughs> yeah. We don't do shit. We just sit around looking at each other. <laughs> I want to go paddleboarding. I want to go paddleboarding. <laughs> I love that paddleboarding. Dude, paddleboarding is great. I love that it's become. I love that it's become in this description of the world the one thing we can all agree on. <laughs> I don't care what you look like, who you love. <laughs> I know what We're... God you pray to. I'm saying the five of us can stand on a plank of wood. <laughs> And go up and down the river all the live long day. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, my God. Speaking of teams. The Raptors just won the NBA championship. Oh, my God. Is that and what I, you were going to talk about? Yeah, and I oh, was yeah. because we were just talking about a, a player on a team getting hurt, and that's the problem. And I do hate Kevin Durant, but I don't really hate him as a human being. Of course not. I mean, maybe I do a little, but like, I mean, he suffered a traumatic injury. I mean, I wouldn't wish that on my worst I wouldn't enemy. wish that on anybody. And Clay Thompson, who is like a, a an, devastating. Inc- an incredible guy, tore his ACL. I know. That's and so bad. And it's just, it's such a shame. It's really, really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I'll hate on Kevin Durant also. Yeah. I love watching that guy play. I mean, he's incredible. He's a great, he's a, a, he's incredible. Once in a lifetime talent. Yeah. That guy. I mean, I think he's a dirtbag who sucks. I mean, he's a heel. <laughs> but, uh, he's a villain. But he's an incredible basketball player. Sure. I mean, he is. He's one of the best, which and is sure, what makes him a heel. He's a right? boring He's asshole. one of the best sure. players who joined one of the best teams of all time, yeah. which is an insane thing to do. <laughs> People are like, LeBron did it. It's like, he did not. Yeah. He went to a team that was like barely making the playoffs, if at all. And then he invited two other people to join him. He did what the Boston Celtics did. Like, they united somewhere, yeah. which is a different thing than, oh, wait, you didn't win a championship here, even though you've won one for the past three years. Yeah. I guess uh, maybe I'll go here. Yeah. Yeah. Being the best player in the world. What a, a low weak, move. Limp. No wonder, <laughs> no wonder he tore his ACL. He's too weak. <laughs> That's terrible. It's really sad. I, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I know. I know. Uh, but Toronto, we picked Toronto on the show a long time ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we saw them play we the Nets. About they it looked with amazing. Emily Dunkers. Emily Dunkers. Who's there? Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard <laughs> is uh, incredible. He's one of the her. best basketball players ever, even though he looked terrible in this whole series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is incredible. I know. He just he did seem off for a lot of the games. He did, like. and then he put up. He had one yeah. one really good game. Yeah, yeah, I think game five he was he was really good. I mean, they ended up losing it, but uh, I mean, he was incredible in the Philly series. Yeah. Uh. But it's like, I would not be surprised if he has an injury. But yeah. how, how long is the Kawhi, season man. where just everybody's hurt? Well, that's what they've been talking about on, like, uh, uh, all this stuff. It's like, maybe the season is too long. I mean, it starts so early. Yeah. Um, maybe it is. It is a, you, I don't know if it's a uniquely NBA problem, but, like, the NFL doesn't care about their players <laughs> because <laughs> they just, like, people will be New York Jets fans. They're not going to be whoever fans, you know, they're mm-hmm. not Tom Brady fans. They're new England Patriots fans. And right. when Tom Brady leaves, they're still going to be here. Mm-hmm. And I think to basketball that existed for a while, but now people are becoming more obsessed with these individuals. Sure. And I think now there's going to be Lakers fans because they like Anthony Davis. Yeah. I think that's a much more 
uh, relevant problem to that to basketball than any other sport right now. Definitely. And so now they're trying to figure out ways to keep these guys around because that's what makes the league money. Yeah. Oh my God, a phone call. Yeah. Here we and go. So now they're trying to figure out ways to keep these guys around. Hey. Hey. Who's that? Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, it's Ben. What's up, guys? Yeah, it's Ben. Ben, turn your uh, turn your radio hey, down, bud. Who's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I want to hear myself talk while I talk. <laughs> That's there we cool. go. That's what the podcast is for. What's up, Ben? Okay. okay. I just want to say, yo, flushing or throwing toilet paper in the trash, unbelievable. I know, <laughs> right? Isn't it the craziest thing <laughs> you've ever It really heard. resonated with me. That's so funny. <laughs> I went to Peru, and I learned the same thing, and I haven't thought about it in nine years. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said it, and I had a fucking epiphany where i said i thought that was also odd well yeah you blocked it out because it was a horrible thing you've ever seen (laughs) it was it's just like everyone has to deal with like the problems of having a baby forever (laughs) (laughs) oh god it's just weird it it, i guess it just opens your worldview when you're like i thought we solved this already why are we still dealing with this problem (laughs) and it's it's and they don't. Why can't they turn the pressure up? Yeah, just turn the pressure. The, <laughs> turn it up. The water's not. The water's not strong enough. We were. Uh, we were in Tulum, Mexico, which is south of Cancun. It's like Cancun's much more industrialized now. But uh, multiple mm-hmm. times while we were in Tulum, the entire town's power just turned off because they're building <laughs> too fast for like the electrical industry there, and they're just not ready for this many people to be <laughs> living there. And the whole power just turns wow. off for like. 10 minutes and then they turn it back on it was crazy are, are we sure there's are we sure there's not a nikola tesla type doing experiments <laughs> oh god prestige style like up in the mountains cloning people <laughs> he's like well we that's that's the offer we made him he could turn off our lights every once in a while if he needed to <laughs> <sighs> that was me walking into the loom and I, this I, entire town has electricity <laughs> And I just think, I, I say this as a person who just had a a, dis, a disgusting number two. Okay. <laughs> like I don't know how, how do you deal with it. Good. If you've got a number two and you uh, want to discuss it, please call into the show one <laughs> hundred Bogart Street, uh, one hundred Bogart. Castle. I mean, I've just been thinking about talking about it for twenty minutes. Also, trying to figure out what this damn number who can is. Can I tell about this? Who would get this? I have some. Who am I going to talk to about my number twos? I also couldn't for the life of me figure out what this goddamn live call-in number was. I think I called Tim Keck's old phone number. It was like a Florida line. Oh, gotcha. I was Googling Googling young person's radio on Facebook. Yeah, I said it. Googling on Facebook. That's fine. Yeah, it used to be a Jacksonville (laughs) phone number. And I have to say, this isn't a negative show. I can barely understand what you guys are saying. Now? Are we too low? It's just we... like it sounds like you guys are. You guys are so quiet, and maybe it's my phone. Well, all the better to hear you with. I don't know. That's right. Have you guys? You guys were talking about, um, like, God, society or? <laughs> uh, yeah, we were talking about pooping in trash deep. cans and society. Yeah, it's the next logical step. Right. Oh, you're talking about like industrialization. And- I think Timmy said at some point, yeah, you used to be able to go to like a, a hardware store and buy a shirt and you'd give him a hammer. 
<laughs> and I was curious. Uh, this made me think of. Have you guys heard of like uh, the monkey sphere? Uh, no. What is that? No. It's it's also more popularly called Dunbar's number. Dunbar's um, number. But it's basically the idea of like our brain is only big enough to like care about a certain number of people, and basically like monkeys and primates can only and humans I guess can only really care about or have like 150 like relationships with people that are like ah. stable and real and like beyond it you just can't you just can't like deal with it God. and Ooh, that's and, very they, and they kind of use that to explain what I said that's very interesting yeah and I, I was th they kind of use it to explain like why like when you hear about like tragedies like cartel shootings uh, in Mexico um, or just, like, numbers of people greater than 100 when they die. And, like, mm. it's kind of hard to, like, I guess, like, comprehend it because, like, a Dunbar's number. Wow, yeah. It's hard to, like, fathom it. Because you're like, I don't really know a four, I don't really know 4,000 people, you right. know? Yeah, you can't, like, you can't even comprehend. Like, I know 150. Yeah, you can't even understand, like, what 4,000 people means. It's a Facebook friends right. dilemma, right, where I've, like, got 2,000 friends, and it's like, I don't, like, any of these Damn, people. dude, you got 2,000 friends? <laughs> I mean, I did at one point. That's awesome. Everyone's giving up. Now the everybody app. lost. As soon as I got good at <laughs> Facebook, everyone off. started quitting. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I get that, though. I also like the idea of every time I meet somebody being like, oh, who am I going to cut? <laughs> I maxed out at one point. Who, gonna... who am I going to cut? <laughs> do I get a new uh, Pokemon? Who are you going to cut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can only have, you can only catch 150 friends. Yeah, I'm going to have to release one of my friends into the wild. Uh, or... Well, Ben... <laughs> We got to start wrapping up the show now, but thanks for calling, buddy. It's All right, wrap it you. up. Talk about your basketball. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to go, but otherwise we would. <laughs> okay. Bye, buddy. That good call was good a talking to you guys. You too. <laughs> See ya. Also, I'm sorry I called this a podcast earlier. That's, a, no, that's okay. That was off the air. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Talk later, bud. All right. Did you hear my great joke? What'd you say? I called it was a slam dunk. <laughs> yes. There okay. we go. I'm All glad right. we got it in there. I know. When, when I don't get the reaction I want, I just repeat it until I do. <laughs> well, Tim, thank you so much for joining me today. Colby, this was such a pain in the ass to wake up today and come over to the studio. I thought it And I be. had an okay time. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love it. Yeah. I loved it, And too. congrats again on your, uh, your one-man show. It was incredible. Thank incredible night. Much. Uh, which made getting up this morning that much more hard. <laughs> it's true. Such a Thank fun time. You, uh, thanks for saying that. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and gang, we're going to go out to a new Bruce Springsteen song in really in favor a new of one? a new one. Yeah, it came out a couple days ago. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for Two Thumbs Undecided and the rest of our Radio Free Brooklyn programming schedule today. Download our app, Google Play Store, Apple App Store. It's all over the place. Uh, this is Young Persons Radio. We'll be back next week. Bye. Tim out. You've been listening to his new stuff? Huh? You've been listening to his new stuff? Yeah, it's great. Yeah? I wake so up in the morning. Glad my boots are on instead of empty in the